Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast, a safe place to talk about unsafe things. Here's your host, Jane Zahasky. Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast. This is Susie Hansen, president of Warriors Arise Ministry. We are bringing back some of our fan favorite episodes these last few weeks of the year. This week, we are going to hear an amazing testimony from a young lady who battled years of addiction and was facing federal prison. Ashley shares with us how letting go of control and surrendering to God changed her life. She was able to walk in peace in the face of the unknown. You don't have to be facing federal prison to be in a storm. Listen to how Ashley was able to experience the power of God on her journey and know He will do the same for you when you surrender the outcome of your situation to Him. Enjoy this amazing testimony and let it give you hope for your situation. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Warriors Arise podcast. I am your host, Jane Zahasky. Today, we have a real special guest with us. I truly believe her story will fill your heart with hope. Susie Hansen, co-founder of Warriors Arise Ministry, is here today to visit with our guest, Ashley Norman. Hi, Susie. Hi, Jay. Hey, Ashley. Hi. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Friends, you are going to love what God has already done and what He continues to do in Ashley's life. Here is her story. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning, Susie. So I just want to first let the podcast listeners know how you and I met. We met back in February, I believe that it was. Mm -hmm. And I can't express enough the power of a share. So Ashley has been facing some legal matters, and her probation officer is a follower of Christ, and God had laid it on her heart to share the Warriors Arise podcast with Ashley. And so she had reached out to Ashley, Mm -hmm. and she had shared the podcast with Ashley. And as Ashley was listening to episode one, I believe it was. The very first one. Yeah, episode one of the Warriors Arise podcast. It really resonated with Ashley. And she reached out to us through our Facebook page. And I'm so glad that you did. And I was able to meet her for coffee, and we struck up a relationship. And I have been so blessed by you, Ashley, um, watching you walk through this very difficult trial and with everything that you're going through. And you have just clung to Jesus And you have every reason to walk in fear and be mad and scared and upset and freaking out. But that is not what you're doing. And you have such a powerful testimony. Our listeners just got to hear it. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of touched a little bit about what you're facing right now. Why don't you kind of tell our listeners what you would want to share with them about what's ahead of you right now? Okay, yeah. So in February of 2020, I received a federal indictment, and I wasn't arrested until June. June 15th, actually, is when God sent the U.S. Marshals and the DE agents to save my life. 
And I believe wholeheartedly that that was a divine God appointment for me because of the place I had been a week prior to my arrest. I had planned to, and I had set up to hang myself three different times before I was arrested. And um, for whatever reason, I just couldn't do it. But I knew I was getting closer and closer because my life was getting darker and darker. Mm. So I did two months in county in federal holding. And with that, in federal holding, you don't really receive a bond. You can get pretrial release. But at that time, I had also skipped out on a state court date that I had, um, you know, because I knew that the U.S. Marshals were going to pick me up there. Yeah. And so I had uh, two state warrants out for my arrest. So I didn't really think that pretrial release was something that was in my reach. But, you know, I just want to kind of touch on how God really worked in my life immediately. You know, for two and a half years, I drank vodka and I used methamphetamine every single day, all day long. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I got to county, I did not withdraw. I did not have not one detox symptom at all. Wow. That is unheard of. Yeah. That's God. Yes, that was God, (laughs) you know, and that's why I believe that God used this indictment to save my life. Yeah, I love that you said that. I want to point that out because I caught it immediately. Most people would say, ruin my life, Mm -hmm. but you chose God saved me through my arrest. So that's just an example of your outlook and how that's blessing you. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't imagine the way that I'm living today. There's just no other reason but God. Yeah. But God. God. He has great purpose for you. Yeah. I had sat in county for two months and, you know, I went to my arraignment and my lawyer said that it was very unlikely that I would get pretrial release. So I waived my right to that. And um, we kept talking and he said that he would try and work on getting my state warrants lifted. And so, you know, yet again, here God shows up, uh, my state warrants were lifted. And I was able to receive pretrial release in August of 2020. Even after waiving your rights, Mm -hmm. God still granted that for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then I went to a rehab that the Fed sent me to. And, you know, my thinking was kind of just, it wasn't changed, you know. And like I was telling you earlier, that two months that I did in county, I was just thinking of all the ways I could break myself (laughs) out of county. Um, I don't blame you. I've been in there. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that was just, that's been my mentality my whole life is to run. Yeah. How can I figure out how to run from this situation? Mm. And so that's just what I'm used to. And that that was my thinking. So even whenever I got to rehab, you know, I hadn't fully surrendered. You know, I hadn't. What do you mean when you say fully surrendered? Just kind of explain that to our listeners. Living sober. Yeah. Just just, kind of letting go of that control of trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I just, I've never lived sober and I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. I didn't know what that looked like. Right. Yeah. You do now. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, I had some issues in treatment, you know, there was still that old behavior, that old thinking. Yeah. And I got discharged unsuccessfully, and that was a violation of my pretrial release. And so I got to go to a sober living program, and, you know, the judge allowed me to stay out on home incarceration and an ankle monitor. Gotcha. 
So that was basically all I could do was go to work and I really couldn't do anything else but work in meetings. Mm -hmm. And I had to like make a schedule every week prior to and let my PO know where I was going, what I was doing. And that was really difficult because, you know, my whole life I've just went through just doing whatever I want, whenever I want and how I want, you know. And so that in itself was hard for me to really surrender to as well. So I did that, you know, and I was with this guy who I had been with previously and, you know, things he was sober. He was in the sober living program, too. But that toxic relationship was still there. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it wasn't working. And I was just, I found myself fighting against every single thing that was happening in my life. Mm-hmm. And eventually, um, you know, it's in my conditions that I I live in sober living. So, you know, we started working for a guy and, you know, it was brought up that uh, he would open a sober living and then Levi and I could live together. And, um, you know, I just think that that was, that was, is not God's plan for my life. <laughs> he did not save me from that chaos for me to just go back to it. And, right. you know, I just, I just want to point out how important it is for me, you know, that I finally figured out how to surrender to God's will for my life instead of pushing mine. Yes, that's important. Yeah. And so Levi because it's our own to... will that got us in our messes, mm-hmm. you know, just to yeah, kind of, you know, we want to control things out of fear, whether it's fear-based, you know, whatever the reason, you know, we want to be in control and control is just an illusion because yeah. we don't really have control yeah. anyway. Right, right. And so that's how we continue to get ourselves in the messes that we got ourselves in before mm-hmm. we truly surrendered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we moved in together. And, you know, a week before Christmas, something just wasn't right. I'm really surprised that my PO let me. But, you know, she later told me, she said, that you just weren't going to give up until it happened. So, you know, I, I allowed that, you know. And, you know, I was staying clean and sober. You know, I was working and I was I was still on the ankle monitor on home incarceration. I hadn't had any violations. But something just wasn't right. And I had received this book called Dangerous Prayers. Mm, yeah, by, I know that book. Yeah. <laughs> that he, was written by Pastor Craig Rochelle, yes. by the way, for anybody who would like to get that book. Yeah. It's Dangerous Prayers, Prayers by Craig Rochelle. Yeah. Go ahead. It was a, it changed the game for me immediately. <laughs> as soon as I opened it, I just felt like something was just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I started praying for God to search my heart. And wow, I really think awesome. that that's yeah. where he was like, okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to I want to stop you for just a second because I don't want us to get too far past something that you said. You were talking about I'm still living sober, I'm not using anything, but I'm still not okay. Mm-hmm. There's still something wrong, and I think so many of us try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the alcohol, it's the drugs, it's the sex, it's the shopping, it's the whatever our medication is, our fix, mm-hmm. the Band-Aid, if you will. We take it off, but we don't do anything else to change our thinking, to change our lifestyles, and we continue to be in that dark place, mm-hmm. which is how ultimately, when we don't do anything to get out of that dark place, we go back to mm-hmm. the addiction that we practice. 
And so I think it's important that we point that out because it wasn't until you picked up this book, Mm -hmm. Dangerous Prayers, and started praying Mm -hmm. that God then could begin to shine a light into your darkness and the light shatters the darkness. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important. If you're struggling and you're not practicing your addiction anymore, but things aren't getting better, you know, I want to ask you, what are you doing to renew your mind, to shine light into the darkness? Mm -hmm. Are you seeking God and people who are living the kind of life that you want to live and asking them, okay, how are you so happy all the time? I need what you have. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what surrender looks like as well, because that form of control, still trying to do it in our own power, mm-hmm. and we just can't. Yeah. So anyway, you picked up the book, Dangerous Prayer, yes, and I asked did. God to seek you. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I just, when you were speaking, I was just thinking of Jesus just standing at the door knocking. Yes. You know, and that's really, I feel like that was kind of that, it's a picture that's painted for me in my mind just now. And that's really whenever I invited him in, you know, and I was in a really desperate place and it was dark, even though I was sober. Yeah. And so... You know, what happened was the boyfriend that I had at the time, he ended up leaving. Mm. And I was there all alone, and I felt like my world was just over. You know, how am I going to get through this? Hopelessness, despair. You know, I felt thoughts of self-harm, you know, relapse, running. Everything was just on the table at that point. And um, so I called my sponsor, and my sponsor, you know, led me through it. And she also sponsors another girl who um, is in the program, Hope is Alive Ministries. Mm, They're so amazing. And my sponsor suggested that I really check into that. And so I did. And, you know, I filled out the application. And the next day I got a phone call. And this was on New Year's Eve night. And um, now I want to touch on that because their application process typically takes... Two weeks? It's a little while. Yeah. There's a waiting list, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And and God got you in in 24 hours yeah. on a holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girl. Yeah, the girl. Uh, my, God has a plan for your yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and he has you a know, plan for all of our lives. Yes, he does. He does yeah. so much. He loves me so much, and he yeah. loves each and every one of us so much. And Even in um, the middle of your dark mess. Yes. That's yes. the thing about Jesus is is we think that we've screwed up too big. We've gone too far. Right. We're too bad. We're too evil. We're too wicked. I mean, all the lies that the enemy wants to put in your head to keep you from God. But Jesus wants nothing more than for you to open the door. Yes. He's knocking. Absolutely. Into your darkness. He wants in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Um, You know, I got a phone call almost immediately, you know, the next day. And I was just like, whenever I was reading what Hope Was Alive was about and I see no relationships, I was like, nope, Nope. (laughs) not for me, you know. And, you know, she called me and she said, listen, I can get you in if you can come right now. And so I called my probation officer and she's like, "Okay, go now. Mind you, I'm still on in home incarceration and this ankle monitor. You know, the the girl, her name is Lauren, my program manager. She's such a selfless leader, and I love her, and I admire her so much because she was also planning the New Year's Eve party for all of the women residents, and she pushed all of that aside to get me in that evening. Wow. 
And, um, you know, I showed up and she showed me around the house and then said, okay, get ready. We got a party tonight. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, um, it was amazing. God, he was very strategical because, you know, I'm a, I love relationships and I love creating relationships. So the very first night that I was there was an icebreaker for me. And I really got to know the girls on a deeper level than I would have if I would have just come in on any regular day. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. So even being there on New Year's Eve and it being a party was God's yeah. working in your life, helping you connect. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You see all these little touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I really, I've never really experienced anything like I've experienced when I got to Hope is Alive. That's really whenever things started changing for me in my spiritual walk. Mm-hmm. You know, they require you to, you know, work on a certain curriculum, if you will say. So I'm forever grateful for Hope is All. Yeah, they're an amazing program. I, I know several girls there. And, and man, what an amazing community Hope is alive is. Yeah. Yeah. It's life changing for so many. Yeah. Yeah. I went my whole life, you know, not feeling like I belong anywhere or that I don't have a home or a family. And God gave me a home and a family. Yes, He did. Through my darkness, Mm -hmm. He brought me out on the other side. And He has given me more than I could ever imagine or ever in my wildest dreams. So you've been at Hope is Alive now for how long? I've been at Hope is Alive now for... On the 31st, it'll be seven months. Okay. that yeah. And so tell us a little bit about how, so you hadn't really had much experience with God up until that point. Right. Uh, you, you got this book, mm-hmm. Dangerous Prayers. You yeah. began to pray, God changed me, mm-hmm. and, and he sent you to Hope is Alive. Yeah. So tell us a little bit briefly about what this past seven months has been like and how God has radically changed you through that experience. Okay. So, of course, whenever I got there, I was still struggling with that lost relationship. Mm-hmm. And I had a ton of fear because, you know, I do have this indictment hanging over my head. And at that time, I was looking at a 10-year minimum. Right. And up to life. So and you were facing the possibility of 10 years to life in federal prison. Yes. And and you've known this this whole time. Yes. And yet you're still surrendering your life to God. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. And, you know, I was like thinking, I've always looked for a man to really fill that void. And so whenever we broke up, And I was in a new place with new people, and I had no idea what direction I was going. There was so many feelings that I was feeling. I couldn't even, like, really start to put them away or work on them because it was just so much for me. I just started praying for God to give me His grace and His peace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one morning I just shot up out of bed and was like, I'm going to Google tag agencies and call and see if they're hiring. And that's how my job came about. You know, now I have this amazing work family and they love me and they support me and I love them and I respect them. That's just one. Whenever I got to Hope is Alive, like I was saying, I was on that ankle monitor. Well, my conditions just started getting every month. My conditions got modified until I no longer had an ankle monitor 
And I'm just, you know, going by the curfew of Hope is Alive. Yeah. And that's really neat because, you know, that just shows, like, how much I was really able to surrender once I got to Hope is Alive. Yeah. You know, because I had no idea what I was even surrendering to. They showed me that. You know, they showed me what I needed to surrender to, and that was Jesus. And that filled the void. I mean, absolutely. we we feel the need to be in relationship with others to validate ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and doing life alone can just be so scary. And it's, a, it's an addiction like any other. Yeah. And so hope is alive showed you to depend on Jesus yes. instead of man. Yes. And that is so huge. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk a little bit about you went to court on July 7th. So this has been over your head now for what, a year and a half or so. Mm -hmm. And you finally went to court. So let's talk about that court day and tell us what happened and kind of how you're feeling about all that now. Okay, God showed up. (laughs) <laughs> like he always does. Yes. He showed up. Uh, it was an amazing experience. It was a spiritual experience, actually. You know, I um, during this time at Hope is Alive, my case, I was superseded and I was reindicted and I got moved from 10 to life to zero to 20 years. And so I was looking at 12 to 15 years from the federal guidelines. You know, we God made this appointment for me with the prosecutor. He came into my job, actually. and That was not a planned visit. I'm I'm not at. That was not a planned visit. He just happened to walk in to the specific tag agency of all the tag agencies in town. He walked into her tag agency. Yeah, yeah. And, um, man, it was so neat. The prosecutor on my case got up and started defending me. Wow. 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 He started talking about um, the book of Daniel (sighs) and about Daniel's story and about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. In the fire. They were in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. And And Jesus was in the fire with them. Yeah. For those of you that don't know the story, Mm -hmm. go ahead. So good. And I was just blown away. Like, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, what is happening? But, you know, um, he got out there and he was just telling the judge about when they found me. And it it just flashed in my mind uh, the state that I was in. You know, I just pray for God's will to be done in my life. And I received seven and a half years in the BOP custody and three years of supervised release. And I self-surrender on August 6th to Aliceville Federal Prison in Alabama. Wow. So that's a long way from home. Yeah. Yeah. So how? So there's so many things that we've touched on already that God has shown you how. He has been with you mm-hmm. every single step of the way. And, and what I want to point out, Ashley, because it would be so easy for you to fall back into self-pity and feel sorry for yourself. You know, for the last year and a half, you've been walking with this arraignment hanging over your head, knowing that you're facing years in a federal prison. And yet you have chosen that even though you have all of these scary things and the possibility of being locked up. You have chosen to surrender your life to God. 
you have chosen to renew your mind. Mm -hmm. You have chosen to work on yourself and let God do a work in you. You have chosen to share your story. You are going places and sharing your testimony. You're ministering to the girls that live in the home, the new ones that are coming in. You could have very easily and really kind of understandably so fallen into a deep depression and laid around for the last year and a half feeling sorry for yourself mm-hmm. and just shriveled up and died feeling like my life is ruined. But that's not what you did. You cried out. You asked God to sit, search you, change you, feel mm-hmm. you. And, and, you know, as you shared how he's led you to Hope is Alive and, and all the connections and the women that you have met through there and your job and even the prosecuting attorney yeah. defending you yeah. in court yeah. instead yeah. of prosecuting you. Mm-hmm. And through all of that, yes, you are still going to prison. Yeah. And, and what I want to point out and what has blessed me so much, I just look at you in awe that even though you're going to prison, you still sit back and say, but God, look at what all God has done. Yeah, Yeah, I'm still going to prison, but guess what? God's going to use me in there. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell them just briefly what God has shown you about going into the federal prison and and the calling he's put on your life through that. You know, I'm such a future tripper. Uh, <laughs> I, I try to like plan out like exactly how everything's going to go. And I think, you know, one thing I'm, God and I are really working through right now is what my relationships are going to look like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just have to surrender that to him as well. You know, I really lean into the fact that God has had each and every day prepared in advance for me already. Yeah. And um, I can't imagine me living in His will and anything that I do not bringing Him glory, yeah. um, especially from the dark place that I have come from, you know. Yeah. And um, I know that there is nothing that's going to be any darker than where I came from from that addiction. Yeah. Um, it was a very dark place. And God just told me the other day, He said, you have no idea what's waiting on you. And, you know, I just try to be as obedient as possible, you know, because living on my own self-will has gotten me into a lot of really dangerous situations. Yeah. And living in God's will you know, even walking through this, I just have so much joy in my heart and gratitude and peace. Yeah. My Isn't that amazing. She has peace. Yeah. You can have peace in the storm yeah. as long as you're walking with God. Sometimes I just sit back and think, like, how is this even possible to be this peaceful? Like, <laughs> what is happening? Well, the but Bible God. tells us that, you know, if that God will give us peace beyond all of our understanding as long as we, you know, take all of our anxious thoughts and Mm -hmm. worries to Him with thanksgiving, you know, 
to um, always praise Him in the midst of our trials. Yeah. James tells us that we should find it joy when we walk mm-hmm. through trials, yeah. you know, because it grows us. It yeah. strengthens our faith and, and we gain perseverance. Yes. So you have truly done that. And, you know, I'm sure that you have moments of fear of the unknown and what's coming and 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 who wants to be facing what you're facing. But you've done it with such grace. Thank you. And and you're doing it with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And girl, I know you're going to go in there and bring revival into that federal prison. I know that God is going to use you and your story to bring him glory. Yeah. Because what the devil meant to harm us, yeah. the devil wants to destroy us. And, and he worked really hard to destroy you mm-hmm. because God had a big calling on your life. And he knows that, you know. But you've let God in, and God is going to show the devil, you know, through your life that what he meant for harm, God is going to use it for good inside those walls. And, sister, you have so many friends that are going to be in touch with you and writing you, and, and you are not going in that place alone. And I know that God has got people there waiting to receive you. I believe that the same way that he has touched your life, through the journey that you've just outlined, you know, all the strategic people that have just been in the right place at the right time for you, that's not stopping now. Yeah. You know, God didn't bring you this far to leave, to, to leave you. That's Absolutely. right. And and so I love how you're falling back on, you know, when we're facing the unknown. It's always good to look back and see, okay, well, when I was going through this, mm-hmm. God did this. And when I was going through this, God did this. And you know that when you get there, God is going to be there. And he's He's already moving people around yeah. and getting things situated to receive you in that place. And girl, you are going to bring the light into that darkness. You are going to bring revival into that prison. And I cannot wait to hear how God uses you there and just fills you up there. Yeah. And I hope this doesn't sound bad, but I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I've been watching you from afar, and uh, you have just lit my life watching how God has worked in you and through you and how you've handled this situation. You've handled it with such grace and mercy, and, and God is using you, Ashley. Your, your darkness isn't for nothing. God is, is using it Thank for you. His glory. And I love you, and and we are going to be praying for you. And when you get out, girl, we're going to bring you back, (laughs) and we're going to tell all of our podcast listeners. Yeah. We're going to do a follow-up story. What God has done now. Yes, yes. (laughs) I love those stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, friends, this has been such an amazing story of what God can do when you— Get to a point in your life where you're ready to give up control and surrender to Him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And even picking up a book can change your life. Even listening to a podcast can change your life. Like part of Ashley's story is sharing a podcast with another friend can can change a life. So I I ask you, I encourage you to pray about who you can send and share this message with because God is going to use Ashley. We already know that. He yes. is using her to speak life into other people's darkness. Yes. So please review this podcast for us. We would appreciate that. Um, share it and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we want to do this life together and sharing 
God's light Mm -hmm. is so much better when you do it together. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, friends, thank you so much for being with us today. Ashley, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor and a privilege. Well, friends, remember, it is time to rise up, warrior, and And step step into into your freedom. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, this is a safe place to talk about unsafe things.